Shield Slash. Good work, soldier. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Cinema Shot. I am your host, Ben, a.k.a. The Marvelous Ziggy. Joining me is a Slap Texas Tyler, joining us all the way from 1944. Why, hello there, good sir. Nice weather we've been having this morning. Yes, good news, everybody. I went South Park Canadian there at the end. I just yeah, you lost did. it. You didn't decode did. the secret message either. Your host responded no. with yes, but I always carry an umbrella. No, but but no, 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 no. Um, <laughs> no, 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 no. Just no. Um, okay, enough. No more 1940s talk. That's not how people really talk. That's just how the television talk for some reason. We are now talking about the penultimate film of Phase 1. Which is, um, I don't think this phase has, a, none of the phases have, have names, but the, the Aven- I guess the Avengers Initiative is probably the most apropos name. Uh, this the is our Senate first, arc. yeah, this is our first prequel film of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. This is Captain America, the first Avenger. Ah, he said the thing, we're gonna get it yes. soon, guys. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a year, at this point, it would have been less than a year out, I think. Because uh, I think this, uh, yeah, okay, yeah, we were definitely like ten months away. Um, okay, let's. Uh, um, we, it's you know, what's crazy is that Thor and Captain America count on each other within like three months. Isn't that crazy yeah. that that happened? Like, it's so nuts. Like I usually assume these, uh, th- those DC movies go together anyway with how close that they came out. Yeah. Um, so let me ask, okay, let me ask you this before this. Uh, what were your thoughts going in Captain America? We are now four movies into the Mr. Universe. The Avengers is actually happening. I think right now, at that time in 2011, we were seeing, like, pictures and stuff like that. Like, it was... We we now know, okay, it's happening. It's no longer a dream. It's real. Yeah. Um, I was kind of excited to see what they were going to do with Captain America in these uh, films. Uh, I know a little bit of the character, a la Major Glory from Dexter's Laboratory, of course. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, I didn't know exactly what to expect. I didn't see this movie in theaters, though. Again, just like Thor, I only caught it on Netflix while it was there. And Mm. I enjoyed it. I thought it was alright. Yeah. um, I remember being most curious about Captain America because, like, uh, number one, it was Chris Evans, uh, who we'll talk about in a moment, uh, is playing Captain America. And I was like, can, at the time, a lot of people forget, but he was known as the party boy. He was known as the... Uh, he was like the human the, the torch com- in the Fantastic Four. Yeah, and in any other role he was in, he was the comic relief. He was also Lucas Lee in Scott Pilgrim, um, another comic movie, just to name a thing. And this was like the first time where like, can he do it? Can he be serious? And, um, and then now, no one else can imagine uh, as Captain America but him. Um, but I remember being very like anxious and be like excited that it was going to be in World War Two and we were going to see the Red Skull and you know all this other stuff. I thought it'd be. I thought it was, I was very excited. For, I think I was more excited for this one than I was for Thor because I was actually reading Captain America comics at the time. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's go ahead and break it down before we break it down. This is Captain America: The First Avenger, directed by Joe Johnson. Uh, screenplay by Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely. Of course, based on Captain America, created by Joe Simon and Jack Kirby. Produced by Kevin Feige. This was released in July 22nd, 2011, with a runtime of 124 minutes. Had a box budget of 140 to $206 million. Box office of $370.6 million. And our cast. Chris Evans is our titular hero as Steve Rogers, Captain America. Tommy Lee Jones is Chester Phillips, a United States Colonel... 
uh, Colonel of the United States Army for the Strategic Science Reserve or the SSR. Um, Hugo Weaving plays Johann Schmidt slash Red Skull. Um, he is the he is Adolf Hitler's head of advanced weaponry in the terrorist organization known as Hydra. You got to say it like that whenever you say Hydra. You can't just say Hydra because it's boring. Hydra. Okay. Uh, Haley Atwell is Margaret Peggy Carter, a saw officer with scientific research reserve who works with Phillips on the Super Soldier Project. We have Sebastian Stan as James Buchanan, Bucky Barnes, a sergeant in the United States Army, Steve Rogers as best friend. Uh, then we have Dominic Cooper as Howard Stark, the father of Tony Stark, and working on various government projects throughout this film. Toby Jones as Artem Zola, a biochemist for the Nazi party at the time. Not actual real person, but comic character. Um, Artem Zola. Neil McDonough as Timothy Dum Dum Dugan. Yes, that's his actual co- comic name, Dum Dum. Um, even wears the bowler hat. Uh, and of course, Derek Luke as Gabe Jones. Stanley Tucci as, and of course, Stanley Tucci as Abraham Erskine, the scientist who created the Super Soldier Serum, with a special cameo by Samuel L. Jackson. Uh, okay, um, so no spoilers uh, going into it. And this rewatch, what did you think of Captain America: The First Avenger? Um, as like a prequel movie, um, looking into the events of uh, the MCU's take on World War II, I wasn't really uh, sure what to expect at first. But, yeah. Um, uh, looking back into it as uh, the origin story of Steve, Ro- Steve Rogers proper, I think it's a pretty solid film, honestly. Like, it's a good introduction to him as a character. Yeah, and it's so different. It feels so disconnected from the MCU because it's in World War Two. Like you have the fanatic, the the closest thing you get the connection is the is the is the Tesseract, which is not called that in this one. Um, I don't think it's called that. I don't remember. Red I don't Skull think it's even named in the film proper. No, no, but you just recognize it as the MacGuffin from the end of the Thor post credit scene. That's all you know what it is. Um, and here you actually get to see kind of what it does. Um, which I, I love. It's a, it's a it's a basically a big tease for Avengers and of course in Infinity War Endgame. Um, but I remember uh, for me, um, uh, I thought it's very good. I, I thought it was. It has like it had. You know what it is? Like Iron Man two felt like very new age, and Thor felt very like trying to be like a like a Shakespeare drama. This felt like if this came out in like two thousand and one. I would believe you because it just felt like that, like that kind of era of filmmaking in the good in the best possible way. Yeah, it feels like the it feels like a PG version of uh, all those war movies that were coming out at the time. Yeah, and I and I, and I do like how they skirt around like, well, oh, is is Captain America gonna fight Nazis? No, but Nazis are in the film. It's not like Hydra's the only bad guy. It's just that the bigger threat in this universe is Hydra, and but Nazis are very much uh, a thing. Um, so, but I, I thought it was a good time. I thought, um, you know, just a basis that, uh, just over general performance that, um, Chris Evans nailed it as Captain America, sort of like you go for, he goes from this, you know, plucky upstart to being this bona fide leader by the end of the movie and it's completely believable. Um, and, uh, you know, just great action. Um, I wish we got more screen time with the Red Skull. That's like my biggest gripe with this movie. Like, but when he's in it, he's, he's so good, especially when he's doing that accent. Captain America! You know, he does that good shit. Um, but uh, let's let's go ahead and break down the story. So what is Captain America about, if you have not seen it? Uh, well, as we've stated, it takes place in 19... I believe it is 42. So yeah, we are 42. fully in... We are fully into World War II. 
Um, the Japanese have bombed Pearl Harbor. We never acknowledged... I think they acknowledged Japan, like, w- once in a line in, in one of the singing segments, but pretty much it's, it's about the European theater in this movie. Um, and pretty much... Uh, this is about Steve Rogers, who... I need to ask you this. What did you think about the CGI about him being what he looked like? Fun fact about uh, Chris Evans' body uh, in this movie. Uh, I was actually visiting in Hollywood at the time, and they actually approached me to be uh, Chris Evans' body double for all of the scenes that uh, he was skinny in. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to say I believe that, and, you know, congratulations well, on being... Well, you shouldn't, because I'm lying. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um... But the but, but like um, what did you what did you think of that of of the CGI of him being like that small? Um, like just seeing um, my body proportions uh, with Chris Evans' head on top is a bit weird, uh, but it kind of grew on me a little bit um, right before uh, the big turn. Of course, like his personality uh, overtakes the CGI for me. In all honesty. Yeah, once he starts talking and then you get to see what he is as a character, then it's like, oh, okay, you kind of... It is it is weird, but I think looking at him... Like, there was no way to recreate that in real life, you know? Like, with it, look, especially if you want to keep the same actor being Captain... You want that transition to be seamless. Um, but Steve Rogers is trying to enlist in World War II because he feels it's the right thing to do. And to quote him later in the movie, he doesn't want to kill people, he just, he just hates bullies. Um, which Don't just sets all. every... Yeah, he says everything about Captain America, um, and so uh, he is g- labeled as 4F, which, if you've ever listened to the Army, pretty much he's medically not cleared. Like, he, they cannot clear him to go into battle at all. He would, and like, as the doctor tells him, you, you, the asthma disqualifies you by itself. Um, so Steve is by himself. He's kind of, like, on the end of his rut. He goes to a movie. He says the iconic gets his picks a fight with an asshole yelling at the theater. He's like, I could do this all day. We get that shit. Meets up with uh, Bucky, uh, his friends Bucky bails him out. Which fun fact, Bucky <laughs> in the um, comics is an eight year old boy. Not like they're not the same age at all. Which is, I'm, I'm glad they changed that. I'm like, that's something that yeah, that would have been weird. That would have been really weird. This all of a sudden, this eight year old boy just rescues this grown ass man. Um, but uh, so, and, and they're on a date, and um, we actually get to see some Howard Stark tech. And, and I won't lie, um, to talk a little bit about, um, oh god, the actor's name, Dominic Cooper as Howard Stark. You could definitely see the downyisms that would like, like, like he's not doing it completely, but you could definitely see the you see the, shades of Tony in yeah, Howard Stark here, and, and it would make sense because that's his dad, so he gets it from somewhere, and we don't really see much of his mom, unfortunately. Um, but uh, during this date, um, uh, Steve sees a moment to go sign another recruiting office. And of course, I think it's like breaking the law if you like miss, you know, if you uh, for a government document, if you don't, if you're not telling the truth or something like that. So against his better wishes, against Bucky's better wishes, he goes into it and up comes Dr. Abraham Erskine, who is a German um, refugee. And he tells Steve about a special project in the SSR invites Steve as his personal choice to be in the super to be part of this super soldier project and uh Steve starts to train uh we get a that cool grenade scene where he he jumps onto the grenade um proving that he's completely selfish he doesn't care about him not that he doesn't care about himself but he puts he wants to protect others he's got that heart he's or to quote the kids is that he's got that dog in him um 
you know, maybe it's a chihuahua at this point, but it's a dog nonetheless. Um, and so under the, the wishes of Colonel Phillips himself, Erskine has chosen Steve to be the um, heart of the super social program because he believes that Steve's morals are the reason why he will use it for the best of uh, best of his abilities. Um, and Steve, uh, in the in I think it's in Brooklyn, um, they are conducting this research and this in you know they put him in this big giant electrical thing where he is injected with the super soldier serum created by Erskine and then shocked with electricity I'm guessing because it probably charges it I don't know how it works and out comes gone skinny Steve Rogers and comes out Mr. Big Sexy uh, to the point where you see Peggy oh, hey, Carter look, it's his real body yes yeah, his real body you see hey that well, I mean Peggy Carter tried to touch the booba she tried to touch it um but Temptation held off against her. Um, unfortunately, the lab is attacked and Erskine is killed as a result. So now, and this has always been a sticker in the comics, that this could have been like the start of America's new fighting force, right? That was the plan. Um, but Erskine dies. So because he didn't write the formula, he never wrote the formula down because of risk of it getting into the wrong hands. That's smart, but also not smart when you die. So now Captain America Steve Rogers is the only person with it. And Colonel Phillips is like, I don't fucking want you. You're a pissant. I don't care what body you have. You ain't shit. And Steve... And if I was... I didn't see this coming in this part of the movie. Steve gets gets fucking shocked to the side to chuck war bonds. The same thing Bucky told him to do when <laughs> when he was skinny. And then, But we get the uh, very famous, very fun uh, Star Spangled Man with the plan, which I... that's. That's an absolute banger. I love it every time. Um, and, it, and it gets better, every, especially when he starts knocking out Hitler um, towards the end. Uh, I love. I think, it's the, I think it's the best musical number in the MCU, would you say? I would say so, yeah. Though that's the only one that comes to recent memory. Uh, Hawkeye had one, um, funny enough. And it's all centered around Captain America, oddly enough. Um, Weird. <coughs> and um, so <coughs> things turn to the worst. As all of a sudden, C finds himself in Europe with not eight-year-olds to, you know, kind of power him up. And they treat him like shit because he's actually in the authentic Captain America costume, which is I thought is a really nice wink to put him in. And, of course, Steve feels like shit. And he fi- he finds out that the that the, the platoon he was performing for was Bl- Buzz Bucky's uh, platoon. And, of course, he wants to find out what happened. And it turns out they suffered heavy casualties. Bucky may or may not be dead. Who knows? Uh, and But they said, we're not going to conduct a rescue mission. It would be too dangerous. So Steve says, um, fuck gonna... that, and goes anyway. Yeah, Steve, along with Howard Stark and uh, Peggy Carter, fucking go deep in enemy territory. Steve goes by himself and conducts a one-man rescue mission to rescue so many men. And this is kind of like his defining moment. Of, of the film where he solidifies himself as as a leader as Cap- the Captain America we would come to know um, faces off with the Red Skull for the first time and we get to see that great reveal of the mask and you see I love the Red Skull's makeup man yeah, I, right. I, I such a good good aesthetic it's and from there looking, man. It's, it's yeah great. yes sometimes it's a, the, the the skull is a mask but I love it when it's that the face melts off and it's literally his muscle tissue I want his oh. face yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, God damn it. And <coughs> and um, 
So and pretty much, uh, it becomes a war montage movie where we get to see Captain America, and they're called they're not called this in the movie, but they're known as the Howling Commandos. Basically, conduct strike missions against the um, against Hydra. Um, meanwhile, again, also the side plot is that Johann Schmidt is basically committed uh, mutiny against Hitler and and the mother and the motherland as he fully intends to take his Hydra fueled tesseract weapons to basically take out everybody in the fucking world um along the way on trying to capture arnim zola bucky dies now i gotta ask you this question how did you feel when bucky died um i thought it was a pretty sad moment uh but uh once we get to a certain film (laughs) it's kind of undercut a bit uh but uh with the explanation within that film it kind of makes sense i guess well, like, because, see, that happens in the comics, too, right? Uh, except I actually don't really like, because I don't, I don't like how he dies in this one, um, because it, it's kind of just, like, sudden, and he just kind of falls off the train, um, versus in the comics. It's just for Steve to be sad in uh, this instance. Yeah, I think just from a visual standpoint, in, in, in this is so hokey, but in the comics, they did it with how, um, basically, Steve and Bucky are on a rocket, and that rocket is going straight to, I think... Some either London or uh, North American city, and basically Steve gets shot at the rocket by Bucky, and Bucky blows up with the rocket. Um, and then it wasn't until like 2005 did we find out that no, Bucky's actually alive, motherfucker. Um, I remember telling people, like, "Hey, don't read Winter Soldier if you don't want Winter Soldier to be spoiled for you." I'm just saying. Um, but I still thought, okay, it's an effective motivational. You know, moment. But I knew Bucky had to die. I knew he was going to go missing. Um, it just it just it just happens. Um, and so they, they lead it to a this all leads to a final assault as uh, the Red Skull is prepared to launch his war machine, his big ass by his big ass warship, which reminds me of the plane that Joker and Lex Luthor used in the Batman Superman animated movie. It's almost the same fucking plane. It does um, look like that. Holy shit! <laughs> it's like you're just missing the Joker smile. Um, we get a climactic fight between the Red Skull and the, and, I was gonna say the Joker, um, but it's not, the Red Skull and Captain America, uh, and then the Red Skull is transported to somewhere, or he died, I don't know, we won't find out till literally the end of the, the series, that's, which was cool, but I'm like, what happened to him? Um, so Red Skull is AWOL, and unfortunately, Captain America, with, uh, with basically a payload of explosive weapons on there, he he says goodbye to Peggy Carter, dunks in the, into the freezing Arctic Ocean, and there he would remain for 70 years until he is rewoken up, uh, ex, uh, by, he, until he wakes up, he's woken up by S.H.I.E.L.D., and then is told by Nick Fury, you were asleep for 70 years. Even he worse, the, he woke up in the in the year of 2000, uh, 2011, which, by the way, wouldn't it be super fucked up if he woke up during the time when uh, people th- were thinking the world was going to end? Oh, that would be fucked up, yeah. That would be that would be really fucked up. Uh, but don't worry, the MCU Captain America took care of that. Alright, sure. so so that's Captain America the First Avenger. Let's talk about Chris Evans as, as the main protagonist. What did you think of him as a performance from start to finish? Like, I don't see anyone else as Steve Rogers, Captain America. He is the perfect fit as the all-American Avenger to me. Like... He's got the heart of gold uh, from start to finish, and he doesn't suffer any sort of character assassination later on, just to jump ahead a bit. Like, 
I think as a good as a good boy hero, he definitely fits the bill. Yeah, I was really surprised that they made because um, I'm, I'm gonna, I know uh, this is the second time I'm going to bring up the Ultimate Comics. In the Ultimate Comics, he is very much a, a jingoistic old asshole. Like the Captain America in the Inact version is not nice, um, racist, just not mean. And I was worried that's what he's going to be. And I'm really happy that they made him this earnest kid who just... And that one line, and he delivers it so well, where he like he goes, why do you want to why do you want to fight Nazis? And he says, I don't want to fight them. I just hate bullies. That right there, I was like, okay, this movie's going to be great. Because that's when I knew they understood what character they're writing for. That's me for real, for real. Except with the bravery. It's like, especially with, you know, yeah, Superman, where, like, there's for the past ten years, we've had to deal with, like, this turning him edgy and dark, and we saw that with the animated shit for, for, for when we did the DC Universe stuff a year ago. Um, but, um, you know, it was so nice to, like, just get... And, and coming up, I mean, Thor was earnest, but he was kind of, like, a himbo, kind of an asshole. Tony's Tony, and Hulk is moody. So it was just kind of nice to just get a guy who just wants to do the right thing who signed up for this stuff to help people it was it was nice to feel like that again yeah it's nice and endearing to have a comic book hero doing things for the right reasons yeah and i and i thought like his performance like he 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 was humbled throughout it he got a little fill of himself and he's doing the war but doing like the war bond shit but you know he's a showman at that point but once he's actually Captain America's soldier, like he, it's all business. It's all about help. It's all about you know the mission and all this stuff. Um, I, I I loved his transformation um, through it, and he it, he made me a believer. In one movie, he made I cannot. I agree with you. I cannot see anyone else being Steve Rogers, Captain America. For sure, it was, he's, he was too good. <coughs> and um, so let's talk about. Um, uh, what do you have a favorite Captain America moment? Like what? Like a little thing he did. Um, the part that really stood out to me was uh, a scene that you mentioned earlier. Um, the scene with the dummy grenade. Like they're just uh, out training, and uh, Tommy Lee Jones is just uh, shit talking about how worthless Roger is, and uh, he pulls out a dummy grenade, and everyone else runs away from it. But Steve is the only one that jumps on it and is prepared to sacrifice himself just to save everyone. Yeah, he's either really stupid or he's brave, but it's a little bit of both. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's the quality where I'm like, yeah, I'm really going to like this guy. Yeah. I, you know, similar to, like, how Thor, like, I really liked how they handled, like, the sound when his hammer moved. I really liked how they handled the shield physics in this. The him throwing the shield was so good. Yo, the shield throwing scenes are so cool. They they are... yeah, Captain American but, alone makes having a shield look cool. Right. He's like the only character I can think of in the modern era that were like, I want a shield like that and how it bounces off everything. There's going to be something that happens in Age of Ultron that I don't like, but I like how he fucking can throw it. It bounces back. You don't think about it. He just has it. He just does it because he knows how to do it. You don't worry about that. Um, it all looks so, so cool. Um, and uh, But, in, but in, in terms of his overall performance... Evans is good. Let's talk about uh, Hugo Weaving as uh, Johan Schmidt, Red Skull. Yeah. Uh, I love Hugo Weaving. Uh, ever since um, 
the, the first Matrix, which I did see bits and pieces of, and of course, there's <coughs> Elrond in the Lord of the Rings trilogy. So mm-hmm. it was cool to see him as uh, the bad guy here. And um, for all the scenes that he's in, he's phenomenal. But like you said before, he isn't in it enough, and that's a shame. Yeah, he isn't enough, but when he's in it, he's so. He chews that scenery like it's a fucking porterhouse steak that he paid $65 for and waited two hours in line for. You know? Like, when he's... My fa- my personal favorite scene when he's not against Steve is when he... The high, the Nazi agents are coming to, like, tell him, like, Schmidt, you are... You are you are not... You have not given us a rifle and, and gun and Hitler is peace. You you have to help us. Um, you are doing nothing. Um, as I do a bad German accent. And he's like, you want to see what Hydra is doing? Yeah? Well, come in. Let me, let me show you. And he fucking just, with the calmest of ease, just kills them all and or just like how them. just or when one of the nazi officers realizes that you know it says berlin's on the snap and he and he just casually goes ah so it is and just just no effort just just put like also no effort but also sinisterly evil at the same time because of how how cold it is how cold he is i i love this because like when he's like he he's very he can be campy as um, Agent Smith in certain moments, you know me me too line comes to mind. And it, but when he's he's Elrond, which is the first movie I remember him seeing because I didn't realize it was him in Matrix. I was only nine. Like Elrond is very like stoic kind of character. It was really cool to see him just kind of like ham it the fuck up a lot. Yeah right. Like it's cool to see um, cartoony bad guy uh, in the screen in a film series of uh, more realistic villains. Yeah, and it fits because it's the fucking forties. Like you know, let it let it be a little bit over the top. Um, you know, like down to his fucking Hydra base, which is, it looks straight out like out of Flash Gordon. You know, yeah, it does, um, doesn't it? It it really does. Um, but like, I, as a villain, I think besides Loki, but even. Loki's not wasn't even like the full villain from start to finish. He was kind of more like the antagonist, which I wouldn't say is the same thing. Just as a pure villain from start to finish, I think Hugo Weaving is our strongest one so far. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, like in terms he, of star power and in character performance. Yeah, and he, he doesn't need to be complicated. He doesn't have a sad backstory. No, this motherfucker is a Nazi and he's evil and he wants to destroy everything in this path. That's all you need. That's all you need. I don't need a dance number telling me that. Oh, this guy's sad. No, he's a Nazi. That's all I need. Um, let's talk about the third, uh, the fe- the leading female in this movie, which is Peggy Carter. What did you think about her? I thought she was pretty cool. Um, again, we don't see a whole lot of her in this movie, but her chemistry with Steve is pretty cute in uh, some instances. I I love their chemistry so much. The rest of the MCU hang, hangs their fucking hat on it. Um, but I, I really like their chemistry. I like that. I mean, it was kind of like typical, hey, we're going to put this female character, because that is a character from the comics, but we're going to put her in 1940, so of course students are going to be sexist to her, but I... You know that's kind of that's kind of a tired trope, but whatever. She she's a badass, so she takes care of it. Um, but I I think what really sells it to me is like you said is the relationship she has with Rogers, where it's like it's not quite intimate, um, but like that progression from um, uh, acquaintee to coworker to friend to especially towards the end, uh, you know, potential love interest. Um, I like that evolution very much. It, it was it was a it was a gradual climb up the roller coaster between the two of them. Yeah, 
and especially when she shows up in that red dress, um, which was which was oh, Jesus, Jesus that Texas Christ. heat, am I right? Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and, um, but like, she's also a strong character. She never takes shit from anybody. Um, she she, she um, well written. Uh, she never feels like a like. The only thing I felt was a little contrived was when that one. Um, what uh, other woman who was like, I need to thank you for saving all the women, um, you know, for saving all their husbands and shit. And like Peggy walks into them, she kind of gets kind of jealous, but it's dropped very quickly. I kind of yeah. felt like that whole scene was unnecessary. Like it's sort of awkward. Like wait, I wasn't. I don't know how. Like you know, basically Steve. Like I, Steve. I don't. It's just a be I, gone thought moment, and it didn't need to be there. Yeah, uh, Steve, I have, I don't know, I didn't know I have Riz Rogers, um, you know, as can charm any woman because of his body and his uh, moral aptitude. But, yeah, I, I, I'm i glad this isn't the last time we see of her. Uh, I think she got her own TV show for a little bit, I think. Yeah, um, uh, Agent Carter, I think it's called. Yeah, 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 so, you know, she was that, she was that popular. Um, you know, I like, very, very cool, very cool cast. And definitely, I think... The most well-rounded female character we've gotten so far. No disrespect to Pepper or Betty Ross or, um, oh god, what is, I can't remember Thor's, Jane Foster, fuck, to them or anything, but I think, uh, Captain America takes the, takes the lead in this one too. I would say so, yeah. Alright, uh, let's move on to Bucky real quick. What'd you think of uh, Bucky? In the limited amount of screen time he actually has. Like... In terms of main characters, he has the least amount of screen time, but I think he was fine as, like, the uh, best friend character. Um, like, he kind of has faith in Steve at first, uh, but when he sees what he can really do as Captain America, he's like, yo, I'm following this uh, dumbass anywhere I go. Yeah. I like their friendship, and that's my other biggest complaint. We didn't get enough Red Skull, and we didn't get enough Bucky and Steve. And I think that's why I feel like when Bucky dies, it's just like, oh, that happened. Because, like, it that, like... It doesn't feel learned. Yeah, because it, it just happens, and because they chose... I would have rather they somehow found a way to keep Bucky with Steve um, early on and not have him go missing. Part of me thinks that's because they were... T- that's a... I don't... Okay, it could be wrong, but I part of me... Because he was being experimented on Zola. That could have to do with the Winter Soldier Project, but I don't think they ever follow up on that aspect. Um, it's more It's more so when he gets captured afterwards by, by the Russians... Um, spoilers for Winter Soldier and Civil War, by the way. Um, whatever, who cares? You've seen these, anybody who's listening has seen these movies by now. Um, but like, we, those moments that they had were great. Like when he rescues him from the alleyway, when they say goodbye at the park, at, at the, at the, at the Howard Stark pro- t- uh, promotion. But then he just disappears for like, what, 20 minutes? Um, yeah, he, he's gone until, uh, he's eventually captured in Austria. Yeah, and then, even then, we get a montage, which is cool, but there's no development of their friendship. You kind of just have to, like, yeah, they're friends, and they just didn't have enough time. I guarantee you they probably have scenes with them, but I wish I would have had more scene times with them. Um, you know. Uh, okay, what did you think of, like, that final set piece of, of the of the big battleship? Uh, I thought it was a pretty thrilling uh, climax to end the film on. Like, I wasn't expecting the Red Skull to be uh, zapped into the ether at the end, but, you know, uh, Tesseract, you'd be the Tesseract, I guess. 
Which are, I, yeah, I really, I really like the tension of it. Um, again, it, it's not the same as, like, again, Steve dies on the rocket in the comics, but uh, I do like how it ended. I thought the fight he had with Hugo was, was with Red Skull was really, really good, too. Um, very, like, again, if it, it felt like more, there was no CGI in that with the exception of the Tesseract. It was just straight two superhuman dudes just kicking the shit out of each other, and I, I thought it was cool. Um, yeah. Although my most famous the, the 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 moment of of where the Hydra agent is on the plane and gets seared through with the with the with the uh, rotor with the the fl- blades, with the, I was like, oh shit, what the fuck? <laughs> I was not expecting that. Fatality. <laughs> plane wins. Um, I I was not expecting that shit. Um, but uh, o- overall, I thought, like, very... This was a well-done movie. Like, well, well done. Even as a primer to the Avengers, you don't need... I don't think you have need to You need to watch any other MCU movie to just enjoy this movie. You can just... Unlike, say, Iron Man 2 or Thor, where you kind of need to have a context of what's going on, I think with this one, you don't have to because it's so far removed from everything. And the only thing is, is the Tesseract. And even then, the Tesseract is induced so early on... It's that MacGuffin's movie. It's not... You don't know what else is going to become. Yeah, I'd say this is a pretty good starting movie. Um, if you uh, don't want to get into Iron Man at first. True, like, true, you, true. You, it's, can, uh, you can get your bearings in this one just fine. That's why I think they have, like, the timeline. You can watch this these movies in timeline correction, according to Disney+. Plus. Um, and, like, this is, the, this is the first one, unless they, they start... I don't know what you would... There's nothing... There's nothing before. Anyways, um... Let's go ahead and wrap this up um, and talk about... We have two post-credit sequences. Or we have a mid-credits and a post-credits. And this is the first time we've had a, a mid-credits and a post-credits. Um, I would say it's a, it was a, it's a before-credits scene. Before-credits? Ep- you're, you're right. It would say it's an epilogue. It's an epilogue. It's not a mid-credits. Um, so Steve goes, in the, Steve goes into the water. They do find his body, the ship at the beginning of the movie. Like It's like it's Captain... Oh, shit, it's Captain America. So you kind of know what's going to happen to him. Um, and then, uh, Steve wakes up, he thinks he's in Brooklyn, um, but he listens to the radio and he realizes that that, that, that didn't happen, he was there for that game, um, so Steve breaks out of a fucking movie studio, seemingly, and then all of a sudden he's in this big-ass office building, which we now know is a shield, uh, shield office building, um, and this runs into Times Square, and oh my god, that culture shock must have been crazy for Steve Rogers. Yeah, that must have been huge, especially when you run into the hellscape that is 2011. <laughs> I don't remember 2011. I remember the summer of 2011. Oh my god, the, the summer then is very reminiscent to the summer now. Now that you say it, um, god damn. Anyway, because uh, at least here I remember the. I don't want to get into it, but. Um, uh, Nick Fury appears and he tells him you've been asleep for seventy years and um and and you know he's like is are you okay Cap he goes I had a date and it ends on the most somber thing ever I had a date boom uh, I I kind of felt bad for him man yeah right like he had his chance to be happy but he lost he was seventy years late for his date it's sad yeah it's it's it's. The man, the the now he has officially become the man out of time, um, and then we get a post credit scene 
which basically was a teaser trick. Well, okay, it's initially shot. It looks like it was supposed to be a like a scene from Captain America that they had shot, <coughs> which was would eventually become a scene in the Avengers where Captain America is boxing. And then we get a full-on sneak preview of the Avengers. Do you remember your state of mind when you saw this for the first time? Um, I was thinking to myself, and I was thinking to this when I watched it last night, I think this is the only movie where the post credit scene is a trailer for another movie. Yeah. Because there was no... Bro, okay, so we had Thor and Captain America like within two months of each other. And now you have to wait till May of next year... To see the... Like, God, I remember that. Like, oh, come on! <laughs> but... But I remember being... Because I didn't know what it was. And I remember being so hyped. Realizing, oh shit, it's the Avengers. Oh my God. Oh my God. And it's... The fact that it's action. And you see Thor. You see Banner. You see... You, you see just enough. You see the, the interior of the S.H.I.E.L.D. Helicarrier. You see just enough to, to fucking sate your appetite. Just a little um, taste. I, I remember being hyped beyond... Like, it's actually happening. They're doing the Avengers movie. Yeah, I would have left out of my seat if I saw this in the theater. But uh, I already knew the Avengers was a thing when I saw this on Netflix. Yeah. It's still a good post credit sequence, um, I think. At least... Maybe not... Okay, maybe not so much now. Um, but I th- at the time, it was like, oh my god, you're... F- this is... this. I think this is, like, the first official look at the Avengers. Like, maybe... Outside of maybe some, like... Um, out of photos. Like leak, out of like leak photos and probably some promotional material or something. That's yeah, yeah. This would have been like okay. Here's what this looks like. Here's what this looks like. Um, and then um, well, and then then we fast forward to May 2012 for arguably the most the biggest cinematic crossover of all time at the time. Something that we never thought would happen. Next week, ladies and gentlemen, when we come back. We tackled a film that should have never happened. The film that many said could not happen. Ladies and gentlemen, we're coming to the approach of the first, uh, the end of phase one. And uh, this next week, they finally meet. We talk about the event, Mar- Marvel's The Avengers. Uh, Tyler, please tell the people where they can follow you. Uh, you can find me on YouTube uh, if you search for Tyler Shoes Reviews, where I review old-ass fighting games to your pleasure. I also stream on Twitch, on twitch.tv slash TigerShoes1. I stream sometimes on there, so check it out whenever I'm on. And you can follow me at twitter.com slash marvelousiggy, twitch.tv slash iggy, twitch.tv slash iggy2814, and go to our website, charchdown.com, where you can check out all these episodes, as well as the previous other ones, including our other shows, our past shows. Uh, Thank you for listening, everybody. I'm super excited to watch Avengers for the first time in, like, five years. Um, It's been that long. Um, Same. So, yeah. So, uh, next week, we assemble for the very first time. Until then, I got a date to get to. Victory!